principalities broken, I'm loaning my heart and soul to the game that's here to pay it back. And failure is a motherfucker. The strength to go on and believe in another sucker. Man, 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 man. It's just two of us today. It's been a while. It almost feel off. Like just 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 a little bit. It almost feel off. But nah, it's the still, song brought it back. Oh yeah. But it's still motherfucking hump day, aka Wednesday, aka you already know what it is. Happy it gentlemen's is. talk Wednesday. Yes, sir. And I'm gonna be the first one to do it. So fuck all the rest of y'all. And I'm gonna say a super early ass happy birthday to my motherfucking co-host next to me over there because he about to turn the fuck up this weekend. You know it. I ain't gonna get to see him until he come back, but it's cool. It is what it is. I am, of course, still and will forever be the CEO of FRFO. Google it if you don't know what the hell it means. And I am the birthday boy. Turn up, DJ Michael B. Let's go. Man, we back at it again. And like I always say, it's like we never left. But today is a little different. Today we kind of get to talk about just how crazy the last two months have been. Yeah. Because we have went from... The round of 32 to continuing the from the sidelines chronicles to drop in the dynasty episode and don't worry we got another round of 32 coming for y'all we'll talk yeah, about boy. that uh, towards, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show don't worry we got something special for y'all for that but i just want to kind of take a take a back seat a little bit and just kind of kind of recap some of the some of the moments like i just feel like we just we got a lot accomplished in a short amount of time we did. We finally got to sit down one night and we planned out our shows for the next two months. And it would have been uh, a regular show probably a week earlier had we not split the round of 32 into three three days because we definitely yep. needed three weeks for that one. So, Yeah, and probably going to be the same for the next round of 32. Not to mention the TikTok has been absolutely on fire. I've never oh, seen yeah. like I've never just seen like how social media just really makes things just kind of go. So that is a shout out to all of our fans out there who continue to like and comment even and even I've seen people favorite and save videos from us. And I'm like, man, that is that's pretty dope. We appreciate y'all. Like on average, we can post a video and within 15, 20 minutes, it's already closing in on a thousand views. So that tells us that we're doing something right. Yep. Um, without you guys, we wouldn't have had our first TikTok that blew up and got over 10,000 views. Then we had a second one follow that one up and get over 5,000. Then we had another one follow it up and get over 3,000. Like, it's been all because of you guys. Like, it's been great. So that part's been fun. Oh, yeah. But I want to direct this question first to you. Okay. Of all of the From the Sideline Chronicles we did, which one do you think, which one was your favorite? Um, I think my favorite was probably, hmm, I want to say my favorite is Zamora. Okay, why you say that? I, I say Zamora just because, number one, you don't see a lot of female, females, uh, well, you see a lot more now, but you know, as we're growing up, you didn't see a lot of female sportcasters out there, and she she obviously has carved out a nice lane for herself. But just to hear more about uh, her relationship with her dad, and she was a daddy's girl, and that's why she got into sports, and she was at games with her dad, and that's that. I didn't know what he uh, got her into sports. Like as a as a man, you kind of just know we kind of attracted to sports. Like 
just yeah, it, it's kind of like just it. yeah it's a norm but to hear a woman say why she got into it and describe how she got into it that stuff that we never really hear it was pretty interesting also i would like to say males as well because we found out a lot about mel his background uh his wife how t- mel's family is filled with a lot of a lot of talent in that interview so i did, sure. i did enjoy that one um i'd have to say right off the bat for me actually it it was it was Moolidge because Moolidge truly felt like when that interview was done it felt like another brother for us like yeah. and i say that not not to say anything like diminishing anything about our other from the sidelines family but the things that we have in common is very similar to exactly what our brotherhood back here talks about yeah it is on the motherfucking regular so it's like we could have we could have randomly like met Mooley somewhere out in public and he would have blended into the conversation like perfectly you know so it was just like like the energy was there the vibes were there like everything about it was was just it really was just like talking to another brother like and that was the beauty of the whole thing you know he we know him you know with his learning about his family him still being a you know a big time football guy right he does a big anime guy, big music guy, just very well versed in a lot of things. And it's another one of those classic situations where, you know, you you never truly can judge a book by its cover. That's and true. That, that's, you know, and that's that that's literally our brother Moolidge in a nutshell. Um, Who would have thought Lil Wayne would have been our brother now? You know, I, <laughs> yeah, baby, please say the baby. But. I think the second the second one for sure for me was actually was actually yours. Wow. Yours because it was just fun to listen and hear everything from, you know, mostly hearing everything from your point of view and just like really kind of just in my mind kind of envisioning all this. Like, you know, like like yeah, we know we'll say 97% of pretty much everything about each other, but then there's always nuances of things that we don't know, you know, like so it was it was good to just kind of listen to that and then just kind of see just how looking at everything that's happened in our lives, how much stuff that you and I have accomplished and gone through and whatever, how truly intertwined our lives are. And a lot of people don't for real like a lot of people do not really grasp just how intertwined our lives are like. Full full disclosure, DJ Michael B was in my first wedding. He was one of my groomsmen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Yes, I said my first wedding because I have been married twice. Yes, that's not a secret. You know, if you've been paying attention since we started this whole podcast thing, you know, good and hell well, I have been married, divorced, and married again. Not, <laughs> not a shock, surprise, anything about that. And then there was some shit that happened in the middle, but that's neither here nor there. I guess it might be a surprise to some people from, from the sideline that watch us now before. Oh, I mean, after now, so. But it is what it is. You know, like, I am an adult, and adults go through things. And I don't remember I mean, anything that's happened in my life. Everything happened as, for a reason. Point as you shouldn't. Period. Like, you don't get to the points in life where you are because, oh, man, I wish that wouldn't happen. No, you needed that to happen. 100%. And it's okay. It's a that's part why I live with no regrets. And I think everybody should live with no regrets as well. Yeah. 100%. Um, who from our still staying on this uh, from the sidelines chronicles thing? Who do you think mm-hmm. had the most? Let me see. What's the way I want to look at it? Who had the most shock value? Uh, I would say probably Boo Up. 
I would say Boo Wop. And the reason why I would go with Boo Wop is because, first of all, Boo Wop is only on one show a week for the most part. Mm -hmm. Unless they ask him, unless he can make another show and they ask him to do it. So he's only on one show. So that's the person we get to like literally sit back and talk to and interact the least other than, other, I mean, other than Zamora as well, because she has her own show and nobody else is on her show. But for the most part, I used to pop up on Zamora's show all the time. So we used to sit back and talk all the time. But Boo Wop was an interesting one. Like even uh, ever since we did From the Sideline Chronicles of Boo Wop, I've sat back and talked to Boo Wop a whole bunch more now. Even after the shows on Monday, so I want to say Boo Boo Ops was uh yeah I I I I, I did enjoy his too, but his shock value to see his personality, you know, you hear a low, deep, slow, thoughtful voice, and to hear him just sit back and tell his story and cut up, show his personality was very shocking because I was like I would have never guessed this dude was so funny. Yeah. I know he's but petty. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that much, yeah, that much we do know. So no, and that, and that's always you know it, it's always interesting and like I guess if I'm looking at it from a from a shock value, it, it that's this is where I would say it would be Zamora for me. And okay. There was a lot like you know just, just kind of sitting back and listening, and you know you kind of touched on some of the points too. You know just the the ties to sports because of her dad and you know having so much love for the game of basketball before and well and obviously her obsession with um, the overweight strip club love and beard, but. That's neither here nor there either. Um, it's a discussion for another, another, never day. But who do you think if we if we went back and did it again, who do you think would be the most fun if we did it? Like we did like a round two. Oh, this is easy. This 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 one is easy for me. It's gonna be Troy because whenever yeah. we first did when we first did Troy, it was more of a from the sidelines type interview. It wasn't more it wasn't more of a personal type interview for him. So when we go back and and we do this again, Troy will be Troy will absolutely absolutely be the most fun. Oh yeah, depending on which 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 person shows up, you know. And I want Petty Troy that does not rank active I players. I'm, I might I might I might want whis- whiskey Troy for that conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, I like whiskey Troy. Speak speaking of whiskey Troy, so this past weekend. We had ourselves a from the sidelines first encounter. Yep. So Troy and Mel met up for the first time. And we say whiskey Troy because we all have these other, we'll call them alternate personalities. I got and drunk Michael, so I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. I, I got and I got Mr. Worldwide. We ain't gonna talk about what that means. Just 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 go day. back and watch the other watch yeah, your chronicles. Just, yeah, just go, just yeah, you you understand. But the fact that those two met up for the first time and, 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 you know, and, and he talked about the, the welcoming environment of, of Mel's family and everything mm-hmm. like that. And Troy having the time of his life and, you know, he needed that, you know, that just that temporary escape, you know? Yeah. Something that we all need in life. Sometimes we just need a legitimate escape from reality. I'm not going to lie. This is kind of where I miss doing the, uh, the podcast on Wednesdays at your house. Oh yeah. In the cave, in the back cave. Yeah. One hundred percent. And hell, at the same time that, that Troy and Mel was having the time of their life, I was doing the same. I was up there in San Antonio having the time of my life. You seen the picture, the video at my party? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was having a ball. Yeah. So like, it's like everybody was kind of just living vicariously through each other. 
Yeah. Despite everybody being, you know, all kinds of different places. So it was good. It was fun. My wife had a great time on Saturday, too. That Moscato got to kicking and rocking and rolling, and she got to rocking and rolling. So no complaints from this guy. <laughs> none, huh? <laughs> none. None whatsoever. We was able to have a kid-free weekend. Like, as a parent, all my parents out there know exactly what I'm talking about. When you have a kid-free weekend and you are in a different city that is not the one you live in, and you in hey, a you, hotel that's yeah. real nice, fancy as hell, and you at these nice, cool functions, and you ain't got nothing to worry about. Hey, your kids can't even call you to come save them if something is I'm going on. I'm trying to tell you so you can just literally let your hair down. Or in my case, just let the fade flow. But I see what you did just, here. Yeah, you know, but that's just, that's just how it is. But, you know, continuing on with with how just how insane these, these, last, these last few months again have been going is I want to go back to the to the round of 32 now. Yeah, man. Uh I love the the, the round of 32 is a great a, a great great thing that we did. I think it brought a lot of attention and it it helped us solidify our footing and what we could potentially do because every other show talks a lot about sports and we're more of the talk show, the funny show where people get on and they show on their per, they show out their personalities and things like that and connect with the everyday person. So the round of 32 was great. Oh, yeah, no, without question. And and it's like you already said, you know, we were able to sit back one day and just plan. And the fact that we were able to sit down and plan for the next couple months and we just kind of came up with this concept. And we're like, how should we do this? And then all of a sudden, when that list was put together, it was like, oh, this shit going to be dope. Like, oh, this yeah. shit going to be dope. And I don't think I don't think the show would have had the same energy it did without having Moo and having Outlaw Prime. Like at I all, think, like I'm not saying that you and I couldn't have rocked it, but it just was that much better having that round, legitimate round table in yeah. the round of 32. And then, of course, unveiling for the first time the gentleman's talk wheel. <laughs> yeah, added some added some necessary controversy to the round of 32. Oh, it definitely and did. I absolutely appreciated and loved the comments from the fans. There were some upset people about them upsets, especially about Doug and SpongeBob. There was some upset people. To hell with SpongeBob. SpongeBob lost. Hey, that was the 16th seed beating the one seed, bro. Hey, and it happened. It actually happened. So I, my 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 uh my biggest surprise was that Justice League actually made it to the final four. Going in. I didn't think Justice League was going to make it to the final four. And, you know, I said it over and over again. I thought they weren't going. I didn't. I I think Justice League is okay. I think Young Justice is just that is just great. But when we narrowed down, got to the final four. And uh, I, I do think no matter what we're going to do, no matter who made it to the final four, those two that we ended up with uh, Batman and Pokemon, it was going to come down to those two no matter what. Yeah, and then the wheel determined Batman. It just, it just, it wouldn't have made any sense if it did not come down to literally two iconic childhood defining shows. And both of those shows did absolutely that. So there was no, there was no shock when that actually happened. And honestly, I didn't think there was a shock as far as who won. I didn't either. I knew, so, you know, it's kind of like whenever you get to the, to the final four of the NCAA, and we got to the final four. I can't remember all fourteen. I can't remember all four. I think it was Justice. It League. was Justice League, Pokemon, Batman, and Teen and Titans. 
no, I think Teen Titans actually. Uh, I thought Teen. I don't know Teen Titans. No, I think no Teen Titans lost. I believe to Batman. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly, yeah. Re- regardless, though, it was more like a when you got down to the final four, any one of them damn shows could win on any given day. You bring other people in, any one of them four shows could win. Um, and for those I've seen the comments like. That's only 32 shows. Yeah, we got the best of the rest. We're going to do it eventually. I promise you we will. We did leave out a good bit of cartoons. Uh, Codename Kid Next Door. I forgot about uh, Shaolin Monks, the Jackie Chan Adventures. Like, we we did uh, Samurai Jack. Yeah. You know, like, just there's a lot that that set out. I mean, I don't really care for cow and chicken, but I mean, whatever. Um, hey man, cow and chicken. <laughs> uh, I mean, just th- there's a lot of a lot of cartoons that got left out. Uh, so I mean, I'm just saying, without I think without cow and chicken, I don't know if you get Phineas and Ferb either, because cow and no, chicken was one of them original shows that did the alternate characters. Yeah, you know, Super Cow. Then they got like uh, Rocco's Modern Life. I don't think I don't think it was on our original round of 32. No. So I mean, there, there's a good bit. Our real monsters, like people forget about our real monsters. So yeah, man, the big homie Grumble holding them eyes up, man. Yeah, man, I could not remember that dude name saved my life. Thank you, because I was thinking about that all day. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so when we when we finally do put together the best of the rest, don't 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 hold your breath. It ain't gonna happen like immediately, because we're gonna actually have to sit down and make sure we legitimately don't leave out the best of the rest. Because I imagine that one could be even more fun slash compelling than the original, just because of all the shows, a mixture of shows. So time will tell. Most definitely no repeats. So no, 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 yeah. we, we, no, we'll have both. We'll have both brackets side by side. We'll make sure there's definitely no repeats. Cause that would just Facts. now the issue, not the issue. The interesting part becomes like, do you throw a show in now? Like just league unlimited. In the best of the rest, or do you leave it out? Like that's that's a legitimate discussion we have to have. Is like, are we allowing shows like that? Do you throw in a show like Young Justice now? Like, how do we go about some of these things? Yes, these are well. Young Justice came out when we were a little bit older, but Just League Unlimited came out while we were younger. Yep. So, I don't know. Conversations we got to have behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, like even. There's there's a lot of show like I I made the comment in the round of thirty two about the tick, and a lot of people don't remember the remember the tick, but or uh, how I about remember the adult, I remember the the FX version of that one too, when the, the yeah. live action version of the tick, Freakazoid, Freakazoid, uh, Wayne Head, like there's a there's a lot there, there's a lot. Did still we still left out the? Did we put we didn't put Static Shock on there either? I don't think we put Static Shock no. or Spider Man the animated series. Did we? No. No, that would have changed a lot in this bracket. Yeah. So Spider-Man and Static Shock would have made some definite changes in this bracket. And like I said, somebody we got somebody we got left out. And like I said, Jackie Chan Adventures is a big, big one for me. I love that it. That is a absolute sleeper for the upcoming tournament. Yeah. So speaking of tournament, um, I don't know if you've been keeping up. But um, there were some uh, changes that happened in the other dynasty league that we're in, not the from the sidelines dynasty, but the other one that we're in. The uh, I gotta find a way to log back into that because I I don't have a way to 
I've been trying to get back into uh my sleep and I could not remember what email I use. And every time I type my email in, it was like this email. I didn't use that email. Uh, well, so we, I'm just like, yeah, we, uh, we draft in like eight days. So, you know, you I, know, know I know, I know, I know. So it went from a 12 team dynasty to a 10 team dynasty. Um, So um, the commissioner, Mitch, had jumped back in. Uh, he finally responded to my message, even though I had already added you to the dynasty league anyway. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I was like, well, I already added him. So you kind of like, you ain't say nothing. So I took silence and acceptance and I threw him in there. But um, so our draft positions changed again, obviously, because we dropped with 10. So, yeah, you actually have draft position 10. I had I now have draft position four. I'm like, all right. Um, some new guy that got added to the league, uh, Miranda got drafted. He got the number one spot and he immediately dropped like the devil emoji or whatever. And I was like, well, I guess we'll see. But I can somebody right should now. let him know, even though he drafts number one, you got to wait 19 picks pretty much <laughs> before you get to draft again. Give or take. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm content being number four. I don't have, a, I prefer being in the middle of a draft anyway. I do too. I would prefer to be number five. So I'm content being four. It, it gives me an idea. No matter what, I have a shot at six possible players to start my dynasty team with. So I'm not mad. Like, I've, I've actually been legitimately planning who I think I may be taking in that particular one. But on the flip side, we have 11 days until the from the sidelines pod draft. And that one right there, ladies and gentlemen, will be live. If you ain't watching, I'm telling you right now, shit going to get real. Boy, we're gonna be talking a whole bunch of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, without especially question. between me and you, because we drive back to back. Yeah, so I had so what I'm gonna end up doing with that one is I'm gonna actually put so I'm gonna have the screen up and I'm gonna put that screen up as the literally it's gonna take the entire screen, and all you're gonna do is hear us in the background talking, talking shit, whatever it is we're gonna be doing. But that way everybody's watching what's going on. Um, it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um did you see um, Jufresh's team name for this one? No, I didn't. His is A Tighten Up Hopkin. <laughs> so yes, if you guys you guys been keeping up with it, you guys know who Jufresh is. You know that you know the one behind the theme song of uh, In My Zone, who was also on the Dynasty show that we had uh, two weeks ago. Now, yep, surprise, because um, I sent him the link. Like, get in. Yeah, she yeah. was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so that one was dope. Um, then we have um my money league, right? So money league is back up and running. It's a very expensive league. I don't care anybody. This it's one hundred and fifty dollar buy in. Like it's an expensive buff. I league. just seen somebody today looking for three more people for their money league. It was one hundred forty dollar buy in. Hmm. Yeah, I already look. I do one money league per year. That that's 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 money out of out of my pocket. I don't like just you know, but with that particular league. I believe where to go. I think I'm drafting in the no, I'm drafting like number eleven. We're at twelve team. I'm drafting number eleven in this one. I was like, ah, that's kind of rough. But I'm like, it is what it is. I'll figure it out. But I have a new team name for this particular league. And it is Aaron Hernandez's taxi service. Ah. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God, yo! If you oh, haven't learned by now, if you haven't learned by now about me, ladies and gentlemen. When it comes to these names, I will go dark. I will go raunchy. 
I don't give a fuck. But what it will be is so. <laughs> so while we're on the uh the topic, so while we're on the topic of fantasy football. I know we don't talk a lot of uh, football anymore and stuff like that, but while we're on the topic of fantasy football, uh, Yahoo's writer, Justin, I can't remember his last name. So Justin, Justin Edwards. Okay. Justin Edwards released his top 10 pick projections based on a bunch of, based on a bunch of mock drafts. And so I'm going to read them off to you and you, you let me know, do you think somebody needs to, you know, slide off or, and, and get in, or you think that's correct and it's just not in the right order, or if it's the right order, whatever it is. Let's go. Let's and I it. think this is this is for uh PPR, PPR leagues. Okay. Mm, PPR so, leagues. Yeah. I know because I you know I don't I've I've never done PPR before. So his top 10. Uh you want me to start at 10? You want me to start at one? Start wherever you like. I'm with it. All right. So at number 10, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. Okay. Number nine, Jamar Chase, Cincinnati Bengals. Number eight, Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys. Number seven, Bijan Robinson, Atlanta Falcons. Number six, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. Number five, Nick Chubb, Cleveland Browns. Number four, Christian McCaffrey, 49ers. Number three, Surprise, Austin Eckler, the Chargers. Number two, your man, Cooper Cup, Los Angeles Rams. And number one, and this has been the number one consensus for damn near everybody, Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings. Hmm. Hmm. I have an issue with Jamar Chase being so low. First and foremost, I don't, I don't okay. think Jamar Chase should be that low. Um, I, I think Jamar I Chase, I think Jamar Chase dropped because, um, Joe Burrow is going to be out for a couple of games. Which I know I you, you, think, I don't I, think that makes I know that fucking did, difference. I, I know, I know you, but you, I mean, just you know, you plan for the back half of your team to get rolling in the back half of the season yeah. anyway. But um, a lot of people would, don't draft that way. See, and I would also. I would also drop Saquon out of the top 10. Uh, surprisingly, I thought Saquon should probably move up. I thought Jamar Chase and Saquon should probably move up ahead of Bijan Robinson and Tony Pollard. I'm not going to lie. And yeah, the reason why I, I thought Saquon should move so, up. Yeah, actually, so I, I spoke incorrectly. Tony Pollard needs to drop because Saquon is definitely, I think, more valuable mm-hmm. than Tony Pollard um, for PPR sake. Um, right. But a name that people need to put some respect on, I guess we'll say for the sake of PPR, is Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes. <laughs> and he should be on somebody's top 10, top 10 list, even if he makes your tier two of your PPR rankings, whatever the case might be. But Amon Ross St. Brown is a name that people need to keep paying attention to. Especially in the Dynasty nowhere. League. He ain't going nowhere. Especially in the Dynasty League. He yeah. should, he he he's up there. So so um I didn't hear you say CD Lamb. No, CD Lamb is not on the list. I also feel like C. I mean, as much as as much cowboy slander as we love to do, let's keep it a buck. Value is value, and CD Lamb brings value in PPR. Without question. 
Um, obviously, in my mind, just like everybody else's mind, Je Justin Jefferson is, is the consen consensus number one, no matter if it's standard, PPR, half PPR. Don't really fucking matter what it is. At this just point, it is. doesn't really matter if it's a dynasty league either. But no, it doesn't because of his age. Yeah. So, um, for the most part, he's still been going the consensus, as they say, 1.01. Um, the few drafts where he doesn't go number one is because people are still taking a guy like Travis Kelsey. Um, just because you know what you're going to get once, once you draft the top two tight ends, it like drops off dramatic. And this Always. is a, and this is probably the deepest, the wide receiver position has been in a very long time. So you can, you can gamble and take a guy like Travis Kelsey first, because there's still going to be plenty of quality wide receivers. Now there's only like, three wide receivers that'll probably give you over 25 points a game as long as they're hot. Now, granted, Justin Jefferson did have five, I think it was five games where he was not in the, he wasn't, he wasn't a top 10 guy because he was, it's just the way the Viking season was going. Yeah. Justin Jefferson was a, a was hella inconsistent, but when man, he put up big numbers all year. If you True, go back but, and look at his numbers, but fantasy wise, he was just so in, like he will have, a drop-off game where he doesn't put up a big a big number, but he'll come back the next game and just be a freaking monster. And you're like, where the hell was this guy last week when he the cost crazy, me the game? So the crazy thing is still, if, if Cooper Cup doesn't get injured last year, Cooper Cup is still the consensus 1.01. Last year in PPR, do you know what Cooper Cup's lowest scoring game was prior to the injury? 16. Oh, wow. Cooper Cup was averaging 28 points per game. He had three games where he had put up 30 points or more. I know. He was on my dining. He was on my PPR team last year until he got hurt. I was very upset. The boy can listen, play. Listen, I had Cooper Cup and Javante Williams last year in this same money league I was just talking about. And if both of those guys stay healthy, I win that league last year. Because I had Javante and I had Nick Chubb. And I still have Miles Sanders. But it's okay. But, I mean, I guess his top 10 is fine for most people, but there's a few people I would take out. Like I said, I want I want a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown to finally get that respect he deserves. Um, I have I think Austin Eckler should be higher. Austin Eckler still, in the last couple seasons, still, is, still leads in touchdowns. Like, this man has 38 touchdowns. He has more touchdowns than most receivers. Facts. Like, he's that guy. Like, say what you want to say about, oh, whatever it is, but Austin Eckler scores touchdowns. And anybody who's scoring that many touchdowns over the last couple seasons, that that's crazy. So I kind of want to – oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. My bad. No, I was going to say, if, if you think his value doesn't go up with a guy like Kellen Moore in the mix, you, you didn't watch the Cowboys play very much. So I'm I'm kind of interested to hear your take on the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, and which part? And, and just just drafting drafting plays from the Atlanta Falcons this year, especially somebody like uh Pitts. Because now you have Bijan Robinson and everybody's projecting Bijan Robinson to be very Bijan good. Is going Bijan is Bijan is going in some play in some dynasty drafts as the 1.01 if you're not right. drafting Justin Jefferson. Um 
I understand the reasoning. Um, and the reasoning is very simple. So you guys know, well, you guys know, and Micah knows, I listen to a lot of different podcast shows. Mm-hmm. I just do a lot of reading. Like, I learn things. So I'm going to drop his name real quick. His name is Mike Clay. So Mike Clay is on the Fantasy Football Now show, and I listen to that show religiously because I spend 28% of my day behind a steering wheel driving. So that's when I catch up on all, a lot of the fantasy stuff. So something that he said that made all the sense in the world, every single running back that was ever drafted in the top 10 of the draft, the actual NFL draft, was a top 10 fantasy running back. That's interesting. So you mean their they're, they're rookie year, right? Because they're because you don't draft a running back in the first round to not use them. No, I'm, and I yeah, was but, like, but I'm at, no, I'm just asking, like, but but does that is that just for their rookie year? No, that, that's just like that's what ends up happening. Like they're after okay. they, for their rookie year, they've ended up being like like they finished in the top ten. Okay, like it's been like it's it's ridiculous. Like, but it's. It's like it makes sense because you think about guys like A.J. Yeah. Peterson. You can think about all these guys that went, and you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I kind of get it. So it's like you understand why in Dynasty you would take a guy like Bijan if you're playing to win now. You know what's crazy? Um, the reason why I said that rookie year is because I remember – and I don't think this is going to happen to B. John Robinson. So I, I want to preface my comments by saying I don't think it's going to happen to B. John Robinson. But bro, Trent Richardson. That's what that's why I preface. That's why I ask you, like, they got to be top 10 in their rookie year. Because Trent Richardson might be the anomaly to this to, to, to this theory. Uh just I believe the wholeheartedly that Trent Richardson was going to be Adrian Peterson. <laughs> he came out of college, bro. Or, or Derrick Henry before he was there before Derrick Henry. Yeah, and and that you you know you know every every era has their all time bust, but yeah, this is like a damn the the era. Trent Richardson was just like an all time great bust. <laughs> like I don't, I never understood it. He went to the Colts and forgot how to play football. But yeah, speaking um, but of, I want to go back on because you you did you asked about the Falcons and drafting their yeah. players. Um, I can tell you because I am in shit. I think this year I'm doing six fantasy leagues. I have bought stock in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I bought stock in both. I have not been able to draft Bijan, and I'm okay with that because I'm because of where my draft position ends up. But I do have stock in Kyle Pitts, um, because where. Where Kyle Pitts has fallen, you're able to kind of catch him at a good time. So you're not like you're not reaching. So right now on ESPN, uh, I believe Kyle Pitts is like the Kyle Pitts is as much as like the 25th or 26th tight end, just because of all the injuries and like everything else. Like he's he's just very low. So I've absolutely been able to scoop him up, and he's he's healthy. He finally. The questionable designation has finally been taken off of him. So he is he is fully healthy. My only concern with him is the way the offense is set up. You're talking about the offense that was the number one rushing team last year, and they did not throw the ball a lot. But yet and still, when they did throw the ball, Drake London was the beneficiary, not Kyle Pitts. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so Kyle Pitts was the number 33 ranked tight end currently on ESPN right now. Um, 
But he's also looked at as somebody that, like, like I said, you can draft him late. You're taking a flyer. You're kind of hoping for the best. So I, so I've changed my strategy in a couple of my 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 um fantasy leagues. But I have taken a lot of stock in Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a phenomenal athlete. Kyle Pitts is a unicorn to say the least. And and it's because of his his size and his speed, and he has the ability to be a legitimate threat. Maybe, just maybe, and I don't. I hope that Atlanta. I, actually, I don't really care if Atlanta does this or not. But maybe, a bit, maybe he doesn't end his career in Atlanta, and he ends up with the right team that utilizes him the way he needs to be utilized. Because he absolutely should be in that conversation with your Kelseys and your Andrews and and whatnot. He he one hundred percent should. But he was injured. We know this, but now he's fully healthy. He's participating. The question is Desmond Ritter. Yeah, it is. That's really it. But at the same time, you and I know this from being around football and just being around fantasy for a while. Young quarterbacks favor their tight ends as a good check down and their running backs. That's what I was just about to say. Which means Bijan, which means Kyle Pitts. And it also means, um, damn it, I forget his name. I just, I drafted him too. And one of my team, one of my leagues, um, the running back from last year, Tyler Algier. Yeah. So I drafted him in a couple of leagues as the ultimate. He is going in a lot of drafts as the number one handcuff running back to draft because, yes, Bijan is still a rookie. If Bijan gets any kind of injury, Tyler Algier showed us last year what kind of numbers he can put up if he's the lead back in the number one rushing offense from last season. So. I do have Tyler Algier in two of my leagues, and it was just because I was able to pick him up in like the fifteenth or sixteenth round or something like that. You know, you know what my my fear is if you pick uh well if you pick either one of Atlanta's running backs, my fear is that they'll do like a uh a Cleveland Brown type deal with with how they split it with Kareem Jackson and mm-hmm. Nicholas Chubb, and sometimes Nicholas Chubb would do all the work to get 50, 60 yards down the field, and then Kareem yep. Jackson will punch that shit in, and oh, Kareem Jackson goal, walks away with more points. <laughs> yeah, and Kareem Jackson will walk away with more points in that drive than Nick Chubb will. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in our league, that's kind of fixed because if you break for a long run, you break for a long run, and you get extra points for breaking for a long run. But if you just yeah. play like the standard Yahoo or the standard ESPN league with the regular rules, Nick Chubb can rush for 80 yards. And then Kareem Jackson could basically have first down, first down, touchdown, and there we go. <laughs> and he ends up with a, more yards yeah, on the drive. This will be an interesting year for a lot of drafts. Like, like I said, I'm I know just like you, like I'm I'm legitimately ecstatic for these two dynasty leagues more than anything else. I am too. I've never got to put my GM hat on and build a team that I'm actually gonna keep. So like it's it's not like our other leagues that we're in, you know, we're, we're drafting and like, Oh, okay. I, I know who to not draft next year. Like, no, if I don't want somebody, I have to decide if I want to drop him or potentially trade him. Like, I'm really curious about the draft pick trading. Like, when is that first draft of, uh, when is that first trade going to take place? Like who's going to, who's going to be that guy, whether it's in the, from the sidelines dynasty league or it's in the other dynasty league that we're in. I'm just looking forward to that. It's probably going to be me. It's not gonna be me. I'm telling you that right now. That's probably gonna be me because I don't. I don't think in either one of these drafts I'm building to win in the first two in the first two years. Yeah. Well, you have an idea of how I'm drafting. We had a conversation about it. Um, yeah. And and I'm content 
I'm content with that. Um, well, at least in the from the sidelines. In the other I, one we're in, I've got to that one's got to be different because I was talking with the GM of that, the commissioner of that league, and I'm like, you know, it is a completely different strategy to draft 10 team versus 12 team, 100 percent Because yeah. there's depending on your draft position, there are a lot more players off the board by the time you know you're up to draft, and you got to think about the turn now. Like now it also depends. Are you in a linear draft? Are you in a snake draft? There's all these other factors involved, but you do have to draft a little differently when it's a 12 team league. And I don't know how some of these cats play these 15, 16 team leagues. Like that shit just seems like you're literally going to be like one, maybe two star players. And Mm -hmm. you're really going throwing darts in the dark. And like you're hoping for the best, but I'm, I've, I've always wanted to like kind of just sit in and watch one of those drafts because I just want to see what the strategy is. Like when you know 16 teams, meaning everybody could go quarterback. Realistically, you could be dumb. It'd be dumb if you did that. You take all the star players, then when do when do quarterbacks come off the board? In a 16-team league. Yeah, now because you could lose out. You legitimately could lose out on a quarterback if you don't take one. At a certain time, that's how I feel. from the sidelines league, I don't know. I don't know. Be, besides, besides you, obviously, because we're in the league over and over again. I don't know how any of them will draft, and it's like a brand because normally in the our gentlemen's league, we we pretty much bring back pretty much the same players every year. And when you play with people for a while, you kind of know this person's going, especially if you're scratching the team every single year and starting from scratch how most fantasy leagues are if they don't do a dynasty. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how it is. So, I mean, I don't know what to expect. I'm just mad your goat won't be in it because I was going to kick his ass regardless. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to kick his ass all the way up and down the he, street. He, he, but... he was going to go 0-12 or whatever the fuck it was going to be. He was going to lose every oh, game. Oh, he going to be like Detroit Lions that year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. every yeah. game. Yeah, no, I'm, I am curious to see how – just from listening to like, of course, because, you know, I'm on Inside the Huddle. So, you know, listening to Mel and Moolah talk football, knowing how you and I talk football, I have an idea of how the four of us are going to draft. But we still have, you know, you've got Wayne, you've got Sports Talk, um, you've got, well, and Jew Fresh is in this league. So we know how Jew drafts. I don't know how DJ Prime drafts. I don't know. You, yeah. I don't know how Tyrone, <laughs> Tyrone, a fan of the show. I don't know how he drafts. Yeah. It's, so it's going like, to be good. I but I will say this. This is what I'm gonna say. And this is just me going bold prediction. This is a bold prediction. Someone's drafting a quarterback in the second round. Someone's gonna do it. In that in the from the sidelines down, someone's gonna draft a quarterback in the second round. Someone's I think somebody's gonna, gonna draft a quarterback in the first round. You know what? I hope they do. Because then, gonna, gonna, because then they're going to miss out on another player that might fall to one of us. Because I, that's what, gonna... I didn't realize that until I was watching. I mean, watching, I was listening because I don't, I watch, I, sometimes I'll watch the um, fantasy football focus show if, if I'm around and I can see it on YouTube, but most times I listen to it. And Field Yates had said this, and it, I didn't even think about it this way until, and, and you were the perfect example because you did this with Josh Allen last year. He's like, the danger of drafting a quarterback early is first thing you got to think about is what other players were going in that same spot, like regular receivers, running backs, whatever the case might be. But now are you're, you're almost scrambling for the rest of the draft because 
you taking a quarterback, you might make somebody else take a quarterback or they're going to keep building. And then all of a sudden towards the end of the draft, you're hurting because you either, you know, you missed out on that star tight end or you missed out on, you know, maybe you have a bunch of wide receiver twos and you don't have a wide receiver one, you know, or maybe you have a bunch of, you know, or there are people who legitimately draft a zero running back strategy. So they will load up their rosters and then they will kind of pick up a bunch of like wide, I mean, running back like two, maybe threes. And I'm like, that sounds crazy. Like, that sounds crazy, but it works for some people. And then, you know, there's like people like me, like, you know, I was, I was, I was a defensive streamer guy for a long time. Like I just like, I'll just stream defense. I don't really give a shit. I still kind of do that, but last year was the first. Last year I said I was going to do that, and but I just ended up with like two good defenses. I I, I forgot yeah. which two, I, but I I had two very good defensive last year because I think I did. I end up with the Eagles defense. I, I can't remember if I ended up with the Eagles, but I had two good defensive that they were both top five in getting getting people out on three and outs, and they were I think like top both of them were top ten in turnovers takeaways. So yeah. But like like I've said over and over again, only reason why I took Josh Allen is because I was not expecting to have the number one pick when we started. And I was like, man, normally I draft every year we've done this draft. Normally I draft more like towards the end. So that was the first time I ever I was and we don't really know in the gentleman's league who's gonna draft until who's gonna draft number one until the until the league. And normally yeah. I'm probably working and I get off and then I just I jump in and it's like, oh shit. So like last year. I got off work and I jumped in the draft and I think we had like three minutes, three or two minutes till the draft time started. And I didn't even, I just got in to make sure I uh, was ready. And the thing was like, you're the notification was like, you're on the board. Number one pick. And I said, Oh shit. Well, my number one, my number one uh, draft pick was going to be, well, my first round draft pick was going to be Josh Allen. Cause I thought I was drafting at the end. And now I have 30 seconds <laughs> to pick a player other than Josh Allen, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just have to make up with it in the second, third round. I'm just, I'm just going to take Josh Allen right now because I literally had, like, no other plan for the first round other than draft Josh Allen. And yeah, last year it worked for me technically because the Bills were really good. Even though Josh Allen had a lot of turnovers Josh, in our league, Josh Allen was putting up 40-point games consistently for the most part all the yeah, time. Yeah, everything was good until that – um. UCL injury in the elbow happened yep. and it kind of did change things because it because that that it tampered the value of Stefan Diggs and, and what was left of yep. Gabe Davis by that time. But Gabe Davis also had an ankle injury last year that kind of messed with his value a little bit. Um yeah. at least for that season. Um he kind of got forgotten about in a lot of these rankings this upcoming season. So it's interesting, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. A lot of people, new, a lot of new faces, new places too. So it'll be very interesting now to see a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who's on, who was on, who got traded last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now let's really see, you know, now that he's had a full off season with the same team again, how that goes out. Um, the whole Jonathan Taylor thing, which by the way, there are six, six teams that are currently I got the interested. Update. A couple of teams, a two, two, I think two teams have already like submitted offers because the Colts gave him to like, Tuesday or some shit. But on that note, let me let me say this. I, I've I've thought about this and I'm like, and all the other shows have talked about it too. And it's like, 
Bro, Jim Mercer just need to shut the hell up. Jim Mercer been needing to shut the hell up for a long time. Like every single sports show that I've watched, even first tape, like even Stephen A. Stephen A. be petty as shit. Actually, he be like, I don't really be knowing when 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 Jim Mercer talk. I don't know if he's all the way there. You know, he be kind of shaking when he's talking, and I'm just like, it just reminded me of that whole incident that just got swept under the radar that people forget about with Mr. Ursay. You know, they found him in his vehicle with all the prescription pills and all that other stuff. But, you know. But everybody's argument is the same when it comes to this running back thing. Like, you you have to take care of those tier one guys because there ain't a lot of them. But in my mind, it it should be like that across the board. If you are the – if you're – Top five in your position in the NFL, you should be the highest paid in that that particular position. Period. I don't care what the position is, because that means, like, and I'm not saying like you were the you were in the top five for one season. I'm not saying that. If you're consistently a top five guy in your position, when it's time for your contract to be renewed, extended, whatever the case might be, you should be compensated. I'm also not saying running backs need to be paid like wide receivers being paid twenty million dollars a year. I'm not saying that. But I can understand a contract of somewhere between thirteen and fifteen million dollars a season. I can see that being reasonable. I at this point with running backs, I think the 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 rookie contract that they because what it normally is what five years for the rookie contract on basically all positions. Mm-hmm. The running the running backs rookie contract at this point should be shorter because owners owners are really taking run. This happened to Zeke. Zeke, I mean, but Zeke eventually he, I mean, he did get his money, but yeah, but I mean, but realistically, he, he, a team can hang on child. to a running back for seven years. Zeke is now the poster child for, uh, just because NFL contract is not guaranteed unless they give you guaranteed money. Yep, and it's not like the NBA. So yeah, Zeke might have signed this contract. What was it? Uh, ninety-four million or whatever it was. I can't remember. I can't remember the exact number. Something in that for, ballpark. Over five years or whatever, but they can cut him as the Cowboys did, and only have to pay him what he was guaranteed in that contract. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't want to sign the contract, they franchise tag you, and you're stuck there for another year, and they can franchise tag you again. You're stuck there again you're, for another you're, year. You're stuck there if you sign the franchise tender. Oh yeah, but uh, I mean, but if you don't sign the fran- the second year. I think it's optional if you sign the franchise tender, right? The first year. So if you don't sign the franchise tag, nothing counts yet. Once you sign it now, if you sign that and hold out um, after week eight, like if you don't show up after week eight, there's some kind of like, like something's like null and void. Like it does something crazy where basically you won't get paid at all. Like you'll get absolutely no contract. Like, we're dealing with that with uh, with Chris Jones right now for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's he's mm-hmm. currently still holding out. Uh, Josh Jacobs may or may not be ending his holdout. I don't know. We'll see. Um, of course, we know the whole Jonathan Taylor thing. We know Austin Eckler. Excuse me. And I'm just like in my mind, right? I'm like if I've got a guy like that, like an Eckler, a Jonathan Taylor, a Josh Jacobs, a Derrick Henry. Like if you have one of those guys. Why are you so hesitant to pay him? Oh, well, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with a seventh-round running back. Well, yeah, because when you're in the upper echelon part of the league, you don't get a shot at those players. 
So you're you're kind of you're you're searching for gold, and sometimes you can search gold. Now, I will say this: there was another. Was it still? I think it was. It might have been NFL Live. It was either NFL Live or it was um or it was the herd, one of the two. But they said over the last like like ten years or some shit like that, something dumb like that. Over 50 running backs have run for over 1,500 yards. And I was like, well, that argument hurts running back. Because it's like basically what you're saying is anybody can go out there and run for 1,500 yards. It's really what you're saying. But but think about all the running backs that couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, of course, there's also that same argument that teams that have a running back like that, they're usually not a part of a Super Bowl team. You're right. But there's a reason those upper echelon teams don't have that guy because they weren't bottom feeders who drafted those guys up there like that. Just imagine, because Jonathan Taylor was, I believe, a second, I think he was a second round running back, I believe. I think so. So just, ima so just imagine for the sake of, of discussion, what if the Colts don't take Jonathan Taylor and let's say the Eagles take him in the second round and he's the Jonathan Taylor that we know now. So now what's the argument? If Jonathan Taylor was on that Eagles team last year, are you telling me they don't win the Super Bowl? Given what they have, given what they currently have, if they had Jonathan Taylor instead of, even if you want to take Miles Sanders out and say you have Jonathan Taylor, 1,800 scrimmage yards, you telling me they don't win the Super Bowl with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, you know. Just, you know, just throwing it out there for those who, you know. Yeah, cool. Isaiah Pacheco did his thing. Yeah, you know, Isaiah Pacheco wasn't a bad running back. Go watch his film in college. It's not a bad running back. He looked good. Yeah, he played for Rutgers. I, I mean, you I know. think people, I think a lot of people that, that watch sports forget that it don't matter if you really go in the first round or the seventh round in football. If you get drafted to the NFL from college, you are one of the best players in the nation. And because yeah, until, there's so many I, I, players taking, people forget that. Until you get labeled as bust. Yeah. But I mean, let's just let's think about it. We we just had a former first round or first overall pick for that matter get named QB1 again for now his third team in Baker Mayfield. Skip it somewhere, pounding the table, talking about I told you, I told you that 11 game stretch. That he's been talking about for three years now or two years, whatever it is now. Speaking of Skip, have you seen the latest undisputed rumors? No. I'm going to drop these names on you because I was literally just watching this before we got on. Rachel Nichols, Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, yeah, Michael I did. Irving. I did. Yeah, these I did. are names. I didn't, I didn't know about the Rachel Nichols, but yeah. And of course, we already knew about the, the about Wayne being a, a rotation rotational person, but him and but you've got but you've got those three, and then you're still gonna have you know Nick Nick Wright make his appearances sometimes, and you know some of you are like, all right, it ain't gonna be bad. It's still not you know Shannon because now all of a sudden Shannon's gonna be making appearances possibly on first take. You know, I say possibly because until I see it, it's it's all alleged, if you will. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm looking forward to it when it happens. However it happens, whenever it happens, you know, I'm 
I, I did en- I enjoyed watching Undisputed when it was on TV. So now it's kind of been weird because the show that I was like, I can't stand it because it seems dumb is the show that I ended up watching more because I didn't have a choice. And that was in the Cardin show. And I'm like, it's not that bad. Yeah. Greg Carton's not that bad. He's actually kind of funny. He's very brash. He's very New York. Like he's 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 very well Jersey wherever the fuck he's from. But he's very much that. Like he's very brash. Like he started off the show and he was like, actually, that's the, he's he's one of the reasons why I'm wearing this jersey today because we're um this is how we're mourning those uh those fuck ass Yankees who were on that nine game losing streak. So you know, and I'm upset too. I'm also upset because I had a chance. I had a chance to go watch the Red Sox and the Yankees play because the Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox and the Astros, because they were here Red Sox, mm-hmm. were here. and there were some good games, some good games. And I, and I, I, cause of work, I couldn't go. And I wanted to cry. Cause I could have been there wearing this Jersey with my last name on the back. I could have been next to you in the Astros Jersey. And it would have been fine. Cause there were some good games played. There were some home runs hit. There was some good games played. And the Red Sox are kind of dangerous right now. They're just kind of creeping. And the Yankees are not. And the yeah, Blue Jays the, are just kind of hanging out. The, like, the, the Yankees the Blue, are just falling, falling, yeah. falling, falling. But it is. I'm sure, but I'm sure you've seen the stat. The fact that if they lose their 10th game, the fact that it hasn't happened since 1913 is the craziest fucking stat I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Here's what's even crazier. This is what's even crazier is I believe, oh, I think it was on the herd. When he's when he read it off, he was like, it was a year after the Titanic sank. That's fucking crazy. That's bizarre as shit to think about. Like, you're like, Damn, so the baseball old as shit. <laughs> yeah, like Babe Ruth wasn't there yet. Like Babe Ruth was like a couple years before. Like Babe Ruth was like what, five, I think five years after this, give or take? Like, Babe Ruth was there for a while, but he was like five years after this. But I'm like, to know that the the Yankees have been good for so long that they've made the playoffs 24 of 29 years. It's pretty good. That's tough. But, but here's what I will say. I don't give a fuck. Y'all deserve it. <laughs> all right? Everybody's team has to suck eventually. Yes. Even Alabama Crimson Tide had times when they fucking suck. All right. Everybody. You talking to somebody that that is a fan of the Astros. Boy, those are some hard years. Yeah, but it the the it's seeing those dominant teams finally come down. I'm dealing with it with the Patriots. We're we're down to earth. We regular. Some people will be like, oh, y'all, the fourth best team in your own division. Yeah, for now. See how the season shakes out. But you know, it happens. All right. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. There was a point in time when when the Broncos were like this and the Cowboys. So get this. So we know we talk shit about those 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 cowgirls, right? And they've it's been like 24, like what, 24 years or some shit like that since they won a Super Bowl? Yeah, since 96, 97, one of them. 90, 96. So they haven't been to the NFC championship in 26 years. Yeah, that's how long it's been since they've been to the Super Bowl, too. Like I was just like, no, their NFC championship thing is like longer than their Super Bowl run. Like I was like, this is just, but that's just crazy to think about. Like you've had, and then just think about it. Think about from the last Super Bowl to now. Just think about 
all the Cowboys teams we've seen, right? All the talent. Joey Galloway. Like all the talent. You had Tavon Austin. You had Rocket Ishmael. I you forgot had, they had Tavon Austin. That's you had, crazy. You had, you had DeMarco Murray at one point. You had um oh, what's his name? Um he had the dreads, the running back. Um I had his name in my head too. Hey, by you the way, this is you had T.O. and Hell, you had, had Roy Bryant. Williams. And you had Roy Williams. Des dropped it. I mean, but and then as far as I mean, you had, you had Romo, you had Bledsoe, like bro. Did, <laughs> you have Dak down. Dak ain't even sniffed a third round playoff game. He, he barely sniffed the second round. Barely. Niners got in that ass. Something about the Niners and the Cowboys. It just Jason happened, you know? Witten. Jason Probably Witten. the best, the top five tight end since I've been born. You know, like this is, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Hell, even even after your Super Bowl appearance, not last to mention, time, you let players go and they go win Super Bowls. Demarcus Ware leaves, mm-hmm. goes to the Broncos, wins the Super Bowl. Like you saw, you had Greg Hardy at one point on your roster. Oh, I forgot about Greg Hardy. It's just funny that you had him. It, 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 he wasn't going to make a difference. It was just the fact no. you had him on your roster. Um, it's just like they're wasting Martin's career as a center, without question. And yet, and yet, and still, you're thinking about all these teams. The fact that two teams in your division have been to the Super Bowl and won. Well, I can't really say shit. I'm a Texans fan, and I- but you don't count in this particular argument simply because. Y'all were an expansion franchise. Yeah. And you've just never had stability. Yeah. You still, you you haven't. You truly haven't. I don't care what anybody said. Even when you guys initially had uh, David Carr, Andre Johnson, and all these guys, did you truly have stability? No, because you fired your coach and Gary Kubiak. And Gary Kubiak left and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, but you've, but you've, the crazy thing is you've had iconic marquee players. You had Andre, Andre Johnson and D-Hop. you had D-Hop. You had J.J. Watt, your best defensive player of all time. Uh, what's um, uh, God, You had a guy like of... Whitney Merciless who was very consistent. D'Amico Ryans. You had D'Amico Ryans, who's currently now the coach. You know, like you had Brian Cushing, who was constantly yeah, but... injured. You... Uh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller's going to be very Fuller. good. You had, uh, yeah, you had Arian Foster. Oh man, I forgot about Arian. You know what though? I'm, I, I mean, I count Arian Foster, but I don't just simply for the I fact count him that because he was un, he was an undrafted guy who became a star yeah. for you guys. Hey, he he was a star for us for like uh, three seasons, and then the injuries just. But I mean, who is y'all's? Who would you say, being the resident Texas fan, who is you? Who would you say is the franchise's best running back that you've ever had? I mean, the Arian. Like this is legit. This is why I'm asking. This is like a legitimate question. The argument is there for Arian Foster. You can't say Damian Pierce yet because he's only in year two. No, um, but there was uh oh shit. I thought Ron Dane was going to be like the it for us, but we didn't have an offensive line. He's probably the most talented we've had. Um, but he didn't. He didn't have a better career than Arian Foster. Uh, who's the second guy? Dominique. Uh. Oh man. I can't think of his last name, but he was our uh, running back uh, when Gary Kubiak first got there. And I just can't think, but he ran, 
he he had he had some good seasons seasons in there. And then another guy I did like, and I the Texans offensive line sucked was Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton was talented as shit. I and like the Texas him. offensive line sucked. He still ran for 1,300 behind that trash-ass last-place offensive line. I mean, look, that 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 unfortunateness of that franchise, I mean, it ruined it ruined David Carr. I wouldn't be surprised if David Carr has some kind of, like, PTSD from getting hit so much. Oh, he does. Two years. He does. Because you got hit, like, I think he was – I think he was sacked – it was, like, 60-something times his first year. Some crazy number like that, which, but if you're, but then, okay, you were sacked at me, but he was hit like damn near a hundred times. And in the right. second he, year, he broke his own record better. three times. He, yeah. He, like, <laughs> like if I'm a quarterback and I'm set up, boom, I'm like, bro, I'm getting hit. Like, bro, what the fuck? I just grabbed, just touched this ball. But you know what? That man got a Super Bowl ring. All he right. does. And he got it from the Giants. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen. two of them. Two of them. I'm not even like mad at that man because I'm like, you know what? I would wear the motherfuckers. I would too. Fuck? I was there. I was there working out and and taking reps and all that shit. Even if I was leading the scout team hey. offense, shit, I was doing something. If Eli, if you know Eli is really like the Iron Man, other than uh, Brett Favre. Okay. So, but we just saw what Chad Chad Henney did when Patrick Mahomes went down. And he led a driver score a touchdown. Who's to say David Carr wouldn't have came and done the same thing if something would happen to Eli in one of their runs? I'm with that. I forgot Chad Henney was even in the league anymore. Like it was crazy. Yeah, they was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, they were like, here comes Chad, here comes Chad Henney. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so uh you want to get into this crossover? Hell yeah. Let's do I it. Missed, I missed crossovers. Let's now, before, go. <laughs> before I start this crossover, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Charlene Clark, because he actually is the reason why I came up with this idea. All right. You know what? If it came from Charlene, I, that means I, my, my, my expectation just went that much higher. <laughs> One of these days. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to take no thunder from DJ Micah B right now. One of these days, we're going to get Charlotte on this motherfucking show, and you're going to understand yeah. the type of friends that we have. Because yeah. you want to talk about a, a full-fledged clown who is also a music connoisseur. Yep. Like that guy. Hell yeah. All right, so let's get this thing started. Theme songs, man. I know we talked a little about the theme songs today. So let's hit let's hit my favorites. Okay. WWE theme songs. Some of my favorites. I only got five. These are not my absolute all-time favorites, but I think everybody recognizes these. And just honorable mention, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Because he did not make this five. Because I'm picking, I kind of pick songs where I feel like you believe the, the person or the character actually made the song. So we're gonna start it. With number one, Crank It Up. I did not know the song was called Crank It Up until I looked it up. The Big Show. Y'all know it. Well, well, listen. You can't tell me you can't see Big Show singing this song. I feel like I can see him doing it drunk at karaoke. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, Next up, everybody knows him for singing this song. But originally, 
it was uh what's the the great sherry it was, i think that was her name originally sang sexy boy for Shawn michael's HBK. first time when they introduced the song Shawn michael's hbk sexy boy i think we all know the oh oh he sang his own I'm song i'm not your boy toy <laughs> i'm just a sexy boy there it goes number three it has no words but i feel like this guy would go hard on, on the drums for his own theme song. Or, matter of fact, he'll just break the damn bottle, and that's the glass shatter. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, he's slamming. He's slamming a 40-ounce on the ground for that. Yeah. Next up, we got a lot of people love Voices in My Head, but I am still a fan of Burn in My Light. Randy Orton, when he first came to WWE, fit kind of what you would expect from a rock singer leader, a lead singer. Okay. So... I always could envision him singing "Burning My Light," and he—I mean, he recently came on a podcast. I can, I can, get, with I can you know, get with it. I mean, I still—I—I I personally prefer voices over that one, just because. And and that's a, that's what I'm about to say next. And and with voices, the the latter part of his career, he looks like he could sing yeah. that one too. Well, it's not even that. It's like he encapsulates that yeah that persona of that song. Yep, like that that song was on my workout playlist. That song had me in the gym acting a straight fool yeah and then of course y'all know i can't leave without talking about the american badass the american badass looked like he recorded rolling keep rolling even rolling, though it was rolling, kid rock rolling. but yeah <laughs> i feel like he should have been in the music video so yeah he should have he, he most definitely should have everybody was doing this damn dance from the mm-hmm. from the jumbotron so why did i bring up theme songs because here in the United States of America, we have a theme song called the National Anthem. Oh, and after all these years, it is time to replace that motherfucker. I don't care what nobody got to say. It's time to replace it. And let me, for, for those of you that don't know, there was a very, there was a part in the National Anthem that referred to slaves being killed. And the reason why and the history behind it was the British was offering slaves to fight with the promise of freedom if they won the war. So it goes, no refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the groom of the grave. And then, of course, in the Star Spangled Banner and Triumph Doth Wave over the land of the free and home of the brave. So Francis Scott Key wrote the song whenever he was in captivity or whatever you want to call it. And he still saw the flag waving and that became the inspiration for the national anthem blah 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 we know how that shit go so that's pretty much what it was i had to read up i was like i get it but i wanted to read up more so i could understand more and uh the author of the the article was just like look hey black slaves were given the opportunity to be like you fight with us and we win we'll give you freedom so now it's time to pick our new theme song for the united states of america i have five songs that uh, I feel that would be better. It is to me. It's not gonna be. It's you no. Know, I I can't. I, I try to make it make sense. All right. So mm-hmm. starting off at number five, let's just go with the easy one. God bless America. Uh, pretty simple song, two verses, but you know, very simple. But it but but it gets the job done. I don't see why that would be a bad new national anthem. One. Okay. So so. Next up at number four, here's one that you can relate to because you were in quiet with me. 
R O C K in the USA. R O C K in the USA. R O C K, and you can have the Army's choir sing it, or the or the Marine choir. Who, what's your, have the military choir sing it, jam out. I think everybody would would be okay with that one. Number three, probably the most beautiful song I've ever heard in my life, from the words to the production, "America the Beautiful." Phenomenal song. The 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 Army's rendition, Army's choir rendition of "America the Beautiful" is like absolutely great. And I put a slash next to uh. I couldn't remember the name of the song, but I, I wrote the uh, "His Truth Is Marching On." I couldn't. Uh, glory, mm. glory, hallelujah! Which was which was my other my other honorable mention. Another great song. Going into number two, "God Bless the USA." I think everybody know when that song came out from 9/11. That should have been on the national anthem from the hills of Minnesota to the shores of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston. To New York, to LA, there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say that I'm proud to be an American. Where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the man who died, who gave their right for me. That is like the, I feel like that's probably the best song that you could probably choose to replace the national anthem. I'll speak my piece after you drop your list. Number number one, first, I'm gonna say Charlotte's Charlotte's pick. Charlotte's pick is absolutely hilarious. Charlotte said the song that she replaced the national anthem, Mo Bamba by Sheck West. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Oh man. I'm gonna leave it at, I'm gonna leave it at that because when he come on the show, he's gonna have to defend that. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. He's gonna have to defend that. Hey, he had a very good defense about it too. So I'm, and I'm I know he does. That's why I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. And then number one, which is the one I originally picked before I picked God, uh, God bless the USA. But I really feel like people would jam the hell out to this. I am a real American. What? What? I am a real American. What? Hey, you put a whole yeah, heard on that that in plenty of plenty of movies. <laughs> that that is that that's the one. That that is the one. But there yeah. it is. But. Speaking my piece on proud to be an American, that is on a short list of songs for me in particular, that when I hear it, depending on what the hell I'm doing or where I'm at, can draw a level of emotion out of me that only yeah. like very few. And when I say few, I mean less than less than three, because yeah. obviously for me, like like my all time, you know, we'll say tearjerker. Let's play that. Yeah. Tearjerker is taps. Taps will always be that song. Oh yeah, we can't have um, Taps be national anthem. I Ooh. well, no, 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 no. I'm just speaking yeah. for the sake of yeah, the yeah. emotional value of a song, um, or for a. I hate to use the word song because it's really not a song, but we'll say an anthem for lack of a better term. Um, but and that and that for me because of obviously the life I live now, like that song, I heard it when I was younger, but I didn't. It didn't have the same value that it does like now. Now I hear that song and my brain starts thinking about things, and I'm like, it 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 hits you in a different place. The national anthem does one of those same for me because of obviously the life I live and the things that I've yeah. you know, accomplished and done in this life. Just because just like, you know, there's being a music guy, just like I am music changes through circumstance. Absolutely. And circumstances will make certain songs hit your heartstrings a little bit harder than they would have prior to the 
traumatic thing that happened or whatever it is that happened in England. <clears throat> but proud to be an American is 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 a hit. It's a hit. And I agree with you. I would not have been surprised if after 9-11 that became the new the new national anthem for the for the US because it fits. Because when they first played that song at the NFL game, along with the Star Spangled Banner, it was just like the energy was just different. And it was a beautiful thing because that song, that particular song, brought unity. Yep. And that's the and that's the part for me where it, where it made the perfect sense because I, I hate that it took something so traumatic to bring unity in this country, but the unity the unity that I saw as a young child, being a sixth grader when 9-11 yep. happened, was amazing because growing up, that is not what the fuck I saw. You didn't you didn't see this. Neither one yeah. of us saw this. I was nah. in Baytown Junior in theater arts class when 9-11 happened. And I can tell you right now, being a young black man, that is not what the fuck was going on in, in Texas in 2000. Definitely not. It was not unity. I tell you that right. Not not entirely. But after 9-11, boy, things were real different. Like, but it was like, it. I don't know. Our, we, have this, we have a weird country. I'm not even going to go into a tangent like that. But for me, it would be, it would be, that song would be my one. If I had to choose one, it definitely would be that one. That would be my, you know, I put Real American just because, you know, I did the theme, WWE yeah. theme songs, and that's that's what kind of drew my crossover in. Yeah, so, but I just feel like like proud to be an American is like, yeah. a, it, it has transcendent qualities because you can transcend that across all races. I don't yeah. bring the word race. I don't bring race into very, very many things, but that one song transcended all color. There was no color attached to that song. Absolutely. It really was. In my, in it, is, my it is a beautiful in my mind, song. It felt like there was no color tied to that song. It, it's I just a saw song. the flag. All I saw was Americans. That was it. That's all I saw. I saw nothing but Americans. Any video rendition of that song you see is purely Americans. All colors, genders, all that stuff. It's it's beautiful. A particular song like that, it it you know, growing up, you hear. As a, I guess as a kid, you don't really appreciate it as much when you, whenever you hear like, well, these people went to war and that's the reason why you're free. But then you get older and then you have friends that actually like you with you going, going off to when you, and then while you were gone, I heard that song and I was just like, man, I hope I never have to say how happy this man gave his life. I, hey, it was, it was very emotional when I thought about it. Cause I heard it at school one day and I was like, man, I hope that never happens. Did I have to did I have I to that. Uh, sing that song and, and think about you? So man, but when when I do hear that song though, it's just 9-11 and I, hell, still today the war, the war on terrorism is still on. Like it's I still don't. on. So it's I mean for the most part done. But I mean for that particular war, yeah. But you know, you, you still got other places where America is like the world's police force. And yeah, I mean. People, people in the in the military still die every day, and it, it and sometimes a lot of times you don't hear it, and it's crazy to think. But I mean, hey, that that was the one song I felt like at one point in American history, it wasn't the national anthem that brought us together. Really, it was a that brand new song. song. It was a brand new song. Even that's the reason why I lean a lot with that one. If they were to replace the the Star Spangled Banner. And like I said, I love America, but uh, the beautiful too, because I feel like that song transcends color too. 
but uh the meaning in uh proud to be an american slash god yet god bless the usa is 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 very nice and deep yeah no, that, that that song that's I, I forgot i forgot the person that that wrote that song i forgot his name i meant to write it down and i looked it up earlier today but we've heard phenomenal so many different job. versions of that song too yeah but there you have it the crossover is back ladies and gentlemen i'm with it that that was damn near good enough to be a crossover in real talk it was pretty damn close i'll tell you that much <laughs> but before we get to um ironically before we get to the real talk the real talk is actually going to be tied to our dumbass millionaire segment i'm just gonna do it all <laughs> i'm just gonna do it I, I really wanted to separate it and then i was like nah 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 Nah. Knowing what you're going to talk about, it, it doesn't need to be separated. It was so much easier to just make it into a real talk slash. Now, I'll, I'll make my – this person will be on the wall of dumbass millionaires, but it will also be – it ties into a real talk, and it just does. But before we get to that, you got any shout-outs? We haven't done that in a while either. Yeah, we haven't done shout-outs in a while. Um, Yeah, my first shout-out is going to go to – well, actually, my only shout-out I know my birthday is tomorrow, but for those that y'all don't know, the fan of the punk ass Jets named CJ, his birthday is on the 25th. So my shout out is to him. Happy birthday, my brother. Hope you live to see many more. I like it. I like it. And um, I have two. They're very simple because they're they're not two people, it's two groups. So my first shout out goes out to every single leo out there that celebrated and brought forth another phenomenal leo season to include myself and my daughter so, and my mama and my mama as well who just celebrated hers too. yep and my brother you know everybody's happy you know my day one of my day one just had theirs too but also i want to bring forth the new season that is around the corner virgo season this is an early shout out to my Virgos out there. I love my Virgos. I have no hatred towards any of my Virgos whatsoever. I never have any hatred towards my next door neighbor. So I hope y'all have a phenomenal season just like we just did from Leo season. I hope y'all turn the fuck up. And I hope y'all bring is. it. Because I don't want to talk too much about the season that comes up after y'all. <laughs> Brings up bad memories. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. And here we go. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm going to make a hybrid video and I'm going to put dumbass millionaires in real talk in the one <laughs> video. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm going to let my creativeness figure it out. But at the beginning of this, we're going to talk about this dumbass millionaire. So first and foremost, welcome to the dumbass millionaire wall. Miss Lizzo, <laughs> you are here. So you have arrived and you've arrived twice. You have arrived as Lizzo, and you have arrived as Miss Melissa Jefferson, a.k.a. your government name. So that way everybody knows who the, who the hell you really is. For those who didn't know that was her government name, a I damn sure goes didn't. a long way. A Google search goes a long way. So she goes on this fantastic wall of dumbass millionaires because it almost doesn't make sense. So I apologize in advance if you don't know this story, but it actually makes no fucking sense of why this is happening. But she is currently being accused of sexual harassment 
and fat shaming. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I said what I said. Sexual harassment and fat shaming. How? I'm going to get myself in trouble today. I feel it. How in the hell can you, somebody who is not small, shame somebody else? Please make that shit make sense. Last time I checked, you ain't small. You ain't even medium. You still kind of like a Route 44 cup from Sonic. I tried. I tried. I tried. Boy, this is one of the times I wish Moo was on here. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. My daughter just brought me an old chicken nugget. Um, ma'am, that's gross. We, we're not gonna eat that. Um, give daddy just a second. He's he's uh he, he's going the hell off. Um, so let's dive into this story because I you brought it to my attention, and this was like a long time ago, and we were, yeah. we, were we were too busy with all the other things, so we didn't really have time to dive into this. But it's been a while, and it's still ongoing. She actually released a statement like as early as three weeks ago, like trying to defend herself and saying that the individuals who were fired. We're told that their behavior was inappropriate and all this other shit. And I'm like, none of what you said takes away from the fact that sexual harassment and fat shaming came up in this conversation. Facts. Nothing you said. You didn't apologize. None of that. But anyway, let's get into the story. So um, shout out to BBC. And no, it doesn't mean what you think it means for all you raunchy thought process folks out there. This is BBC, the news website, not anything else. Take your dirty ass filters and throw them bitches in the trash, you nasty son bitches. All right. Unless you was talking about me, then I, I'll accept. <laughs> so the article was dropped from BBC News, and basically oh, three of her former dancers are suing her over claims to include sexual harassment, also creating a hostile work environment. Mind you that Lizzo is a performer, entertainer, whatever you want to look at it. She was on tour when this happened. So she has backup dancers and all those other things you need, a light crew, you know, producers, all the things that a musician needs to have a successful tour. So these legal actions included accusations of sexual, religious, racial harassment, discrimination, assault, and false imprisonment. Now, I don't know how false imprisonment tied into this. I read like a couple different stories and none of that part tied into it. That should just sound weird. But the story kept adding layers. The more I read a couple of different sources, I was like, this shit is fucking crazy. So on the surface, right, we know when you see something like, oh, <clears throat> sexual harassment and fat shaming, that, that pulls you in. Then you start reading, you like, so when I saw religious harassment, I was like, wait a minute, how did you religiously harass somebody? So then you read into this story, and that particular part wasn't, um, it wasn't Lizzo. That was her producer her head producer of the um mm. of the the bgbt which is big girl touring big girl big touring sorry i apologize whatever the fuck that means it it's spelled girl like it's spelled g-r-r-r-l so i guess girl how they how they be saying it in ebonics but anyway all right so the the president of that particular <laughs> four digit four letter company corp whatever the fuck was very Christian. So she was pushing her 
Christianity on yeah. these dancers. And apparently the fact of someone's virginity was called into question and was pushed out on social media. Okay, this is 2023. If it makes social media, it's going to show up on a court document. Stop it. So basically she was pushing that and the fact of people like, you know, premarital sex and all this other stuff. And I'm like, listen, I go back to my previous statement. It's 2023. It's a lot of premarital sex going on. Call us like a lot. I'm sorry. Like finding a virgin in 2023 is finding a unicorn. I'm not saying that to throw shots at anybody. If you are still a virgin, that's pretty dope for your partner. I, kudos to you big time because that's just not the world we live in these days. Just gonna call it what it is. So, anyway, back to this. So, she responded, but she ain't really respond. She kind of gave a coach speak type answer. <clears throat> so, I was like, whatever. So, um, the three the three dancers who were um let go, uh, Miss Ariana Davis, Miss Krista Williams, and Noel Rodriguez. All former dancers, they were also, um, um, so a big thing with Lizzo is she liked to bring in the girls that look like her. You know, she wanted to bring in, you know, the body positivity. So she brought in, you know, the, the more, I'm trying to find it, the more the heavy set women like herself, because I don't like calling people fat. Like, heavy set is the right word. Yeah. Unless we're having a roasting session, then I'm a, I'm a light you smooth the fuck up. But more of the heavy set side that were like her, you know. And so she was on tour and, Basically, what happened is one of the dancers was struggling with weight, which, again, was one of those things that just didn't register in my, in my head. Still don't but, register in my head. But she was called out for her weight gain by Lizzo. And I'm like, well, ain't that calling the, the pot calling the kettle black? Um, all right. Whatever. It's going to let that be what it is. But in the world of dance, right? Just like in the world of modeling and parts of Hollywood for for women specifically, when you start bringing the, the, the big W word, that is a trigger word. Like, especially in the modeling and the dancing world, the, the, the big dub is not, not something that they want to be associated with. Because they go, they spend so much time holding a particular look, whatever that look is. But the last thing they want to be told is, oh, you look like you put on a few pounds. That shit will crush somebody in that particular industry. But we also live in the world of social media. And unfortunately, I don't blame social media. It's not social media's fault. It's our fault. Like our generation was brought up on these magazines where these women all looked a certain type of way. And, you know, they all look what was defined as perfect whatever the case might be that was their version of perfect it wasn't you or i's version of perfect but it was what they assumed or thought was perfect so then you know you started seeing the more voluptuous the more thick women that was thick in the right places and it was like oh that's 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 not right that's not attractive not attractive to who <laughs> she i like yams she <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I like a little Cornish hand. I ain't gonna say no. He's a little Cornish hand. I ain't mad with a little suffocation. But, you know, and then as time went on, you know, it became more normalized to be, you know, now all of a sudden, the thick women, as we like, thick with two C's, you know what I'm saying? Triple, even triple C's. 
was um you know now put on front street like we were we were idolizing the motors the the, the, the the thicky thicks as we called them growing up and then as we got older you know now we insert the the plus size that was actually the the, the, the actual what's the word we use um political term let's call it like that so that was the word and then all of a sudden you know we had the, the plus size push that came through and we started you know idolizing and, and and celebrating the plus size women that came in and we're still trying to break through in these industries like acting and like modeling and like dancing and all this type of stuff and look kudos to anybody man if you're talented you're talented i don't care what you look like if you can do this, you can do it do it all right don't nobody complain about nobody when it comes to the music industry if you can sing you can sing i don't care what you look like we've had everything from blind to Plus size singers, 100%. We've had them all. We had two blind piano players that were phenomenal. They made movies about both of them. But anyway, I'll go back to where we were at. So back on this religious part, I just wanted to read this part because I was just like, God, no. So she was accused of openly discussing one of the former dancers' virginity and and, and literally posting about it. This is um Miss Miss Quigley. Um, that's the dance team's captain. So she pushed her Christian beliefs on these people. And I'm like, see, here we go with that shit again. All right. Stop that shit. All right. We had a conversation about that on the pod before. Stop that shit. Stop pushing your religion on people. Stop pushing your beliefs on people. Stop pushing your views on people. Like, your opinion is yours and yours alone. I don't care. If we're discussing it and I ask you about it, by all means, be passionate. Do your thing. If I ain't ask you about it, it's called unsolicited. It means don't bring that shit around me because I ain't buying what you selling. Point blank. Um, there was also somehow, some way they talked about racial discrimination was going on. And I was like, what? So let me dive into this part. This shit gets crazy. This is where the story just start making turns. So it alleges that the black members of the dance troupe were treated differently from the other members of the team. They were being accused of being lazy, unprofessional, and having bad attitudes. And these claims were are in troops are often used to dispar, disparage and discourage black women and that other dancers were not treated like this. I'm like, all right. Now let me back up. This now starts to fall into that Uncle Tom blame game now. Because why do we have a black musician? who has a mixed group of dancers on stage. The only people that are getting any kind of discrimination are the ones that look like you, the performer. There's something wrong with that. There's something terribly wrong with that. I don't know who the auntie in this situation of Uncle Tom is, but we're going to come up with a name for it. We're gonna, you know what? We're going to say Auntie Tanya. How about that? We're going to say use Auntie Tanya. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. So... Basically, what oh, this is this is when she gets this is the, the worst part of it all. So these dancers were also vastly underpaid. They were being paid 25% of their weekly pay as a retainer during the time they were on tour. And they were also told that the company preferred them not to take other jobs during the breaks. What? So you paying me 75% less than I should be getting paid. And you tell me not to take any kind of other jobs. How the fuck am I making a living? 
unless that 25% is six figures, I'm going to go do what the fuck I got to do. You know, a, a certain acronym comes to mind whenever this case is, is has been brought to court. Is it FRFO? Yes, because Lizzo and her team fucked around and they about to find out now. So now you might be asking yourself, how does this segment tie into the Real Talk segment? It ties in very simply. Don't let fame, stardom, popularity, whatever the case might be, even power for that matter, turn you into a bigger asshole than you need to be. Just because you got all this stuff doesn't make you better than anybody. We're Shannon Sharp. You 100% can be humbled by somebody below you. But just like I said when I did my From the Sideline Chronicles interview, like my mom always said, take care of those that take care of you. If you would have taken care of your team in this on tour, which when most I learned this, when most artists truly make their money is on tour. It's why certain people yeah. go on tour and like a group like fucking U2 been killing the game and they finally stopped going on tour because they there was a point in time where U2 was making like 10 and 20 plus million dollars on tour. That shit's crazy. Taylor Swift's, you know, recent tour where she was paying all the all the staff and everybody like $100,000. Like, you know how much money you got to be bringing in to pay your pay your guy that's pushing the carts $100,000? That's crazy. But anyway, so now you got this individual that's on tour and paying all of their people less. In what world? You realize you, you don't just show up on stage and, and perform and it, it's great. There's so much stuff going on behind the scenes. There's so much you being the artist should know. There's so much rehearsal going on. You and the team practicing late hours, you know, just like being an athlete. It's not what you do during practice. That shit you do afterwards. Like, you know, your team is probably going back to the hotel room, still thinking about the routine. Probably watching it. Y'all probably recorded it. They're probably watching it. They're basically studying film to perfect this craft. And you're going to undermine and underpay them while they're on tour with you? While they're away from their family, their friends, their possibly their kids, their spouses, whatever the case might be, and you're going to underpay them. But you expect to get 100% effort from 75% less payment. Pay me 75% less than what I'm supposed to be getting, and I'm going to give you that same 25% effort that you're paying me for. I just might trip and stumble a couple of times during that dance routine. That acronym comes into play again. Like, I don't, I don't get down with that. Like, that doesn't, you you can't be, like, you can't be a millionaire and not take care of the little guy, the little gal, because you didn't get there 100% on your own, too. You didn't. You 100% didn't. There are people along your journey that helped you get there. You just going to forget they exist? You just going to shit on them? Oh, I did this all by myself. Oh, I worked all these hours. Oh, I did. Yeah, you. Probably did, but you still had help somewhere. Even if somebody just simply gave you a piece of advice that changed your life. Yes, I know that rhymed. But guess what? Sometimes that's what makes people go. Bars. A little rhyme goes a long way sometimes. So I'm curious. I normally don't give two fucks about what happens in Hollywood. I usually don't. 
I'll be watching this case because I'm I'm curious to see one if it truly goes to court. I want to see if it goes to court or if it gets settled out of court. I just, I'm curious because if it does go to court, I actually will tune in to watch the court. I, I want to watch the deposition live because I just want to I want I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. No, I'm not calling her a horse. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. We'll cross that bridge uh, when we get to it. I'll say. I, I don't even know where to begin with to dive into this. I guess I could start by I don't understand the false imprisonment, but there is a situation, and I don't know if they're gonna put that in false imprisonment along with the the sexual harassment where they were in Amsterdam and Lizzo basically made her backup dancers do some questionable things inside of a strip club because you know oh, prostitution and stuff the, is legal the, there. The uh the, the, the titty touching. Correct. You know, yeah. uh, and I'm pretty sure it'll come out eventually that she wasn't going to pay her her dancers and stuff if they didn't. And it, it kind of was like she wasn't going to pay her dancers and stuff if they didn't do that. I mean, that can be viewed as false imprisonment because you're and, holding and it will. One, and it's also 100% harassment. It is. Um, the girl that's a virgin that is definitely sexual harassment. Uh, the lady shoving her religious beliefs down everybody throwing try to make them man look i'm a christian you know what i'm saying and i tell people this all the time i don't care if you're not a christian if you want to know about it i'll tell you about it i understand the importance of duality you know what i'm saying people eddie griffin kind of said it the, the best i've ever heard it, where he was like it's throughout most religions it's the same thing throughout most religions it, it's the same thing everybody just have different beliefs and everybody call their god a different name Right, so but unless you're atheist sit, and you don't call anything and, by anything, right? So, I mean, just this is why if you're a Christian and you want to spread the word, people don't want to hear it most of the time now because I mean you 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 try and force feed and shove it down their throats, and to be completely honest, uh a lot of Christians, and I, I hate to say it like this because I am a Christian, just trash-ass people. Your religion does not make you a good person just as much as being an atheist makes you a bad person. And you makes you a good person, a bad person. And there's a lot of trash just people, and we have this case. And apparently the, the Christian that we're talking about forcing her beliefs and stuff, trying to force her beliefs down their throats, is a horrible person. Uh, Clearly. Clearly a horrible person. And then we got Lizzo fat shaming. That part. I don't even. The crazy part is I just backed Lizzo on one of the one, one of these a couple of on dumbass millionaires a couple of weeks ago behind Roseanne's comments. Uh, now we're going back to that. Now I gotta do a whole 180 and be like well damn i don't know who actually looks worse in this situation now like actually no is, i lied i know exactly who looks worse in this situation this is this is it, this is this is crazy it's like i can't be black and tell somebody i don't like black people that shit is just unproductive 
You mean it's, it's Uncle Tom? It, yeah. It, it's not productive. It's stupid. It doesn't work. I'm a bigger guy. I can't look at you and call you fat. I'm fat. <laughs> it, it's the stupidest thing in the world. The only difference you can't is, call a spade a spade if you look like a diamond. It, exactly. Like, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, you might be bigger than me. Okay, cool. But, I mean, come on, man. If Got me. I think this is I think this is going to be settled out of court because the last thing I think Lizzo wants to do is go to court and her publicist is probably sitting there telling her settle out of court, do not go to court and lose this case. If you go to court and lose this case, well, and she she's already lost, and this is only important to this current generation. She she's she already lost like over one hundred fifty thousand followers on social media, right? And the three the three women have already been on like Good Morning America, like they're doing interviews, so they're literally pushing their story out there of what happened and and you know the truth will come out eventually surprising i'm surprised there's no videos out yet yet <laughs> yet and then boy oh let there be a video of that whole strip club incident oh it's a wrap oh, it's what a if what you know I, I don't like to bring up the deshaun watson thing but what if there are there were ndas signed inside the strip club We'll find out because it is it is overseas and it is you know so but we'll find out because yep. even if an NDA was signed it at least say hey well we are not allowed to disclose because we signed NDAs like that has to be said so that it so that the attorneys understand that it can't be talked about so yeah you know we'll see only time will tell I hope this isn't I hope this thing isn't settled outside of court no I actually legitimately want I, I don't I don't get into a lot of things but if this goes to court i'm, I'm gonna be like recording this shit on hulu and be like well, well there you have it dumbass millionaires you should probably just go ahead and run that slide one time since you did the you, real talk first since you since you act so nice <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just 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 because it had to be done. But yeah. Ladies yep, and gentlemen, yep. there you have another episode of Gentleman's Talk. But I will leave you with this. The upcoming round of 32 is going to be our 32 male actors of all time. Not of the 90s, not of the 80s, not of the 2000s. All time. We're going of all time. We're going back. We're going back a little bit. We ain't going back to like the we're not called the dark ages. We're not going we, back to the Wizard of Oz days or gone with the wind days. No, we weren't. We are we were going young. back to we, we are going back to the 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 Sean Connerys and and things of that nature. So Morgan the John Waynes, Morgan yeah. Freeman, young Morgan Freeman, not not old. Well, in this case, young and old. You know, so be on the lookout for that. You know, young Jack Nicholas and old Jack Nicholas. You know, Robert De Niro, young and old. Robert Downey Jr., pre and post fuck up, Christian Bale, all these guys. We're just we're just going down this list. We we we're we have a, I think we have a pretty good finalized list. Mm -hmm. um, not gonna tell y'all what it is. You'll see when it comes. But tune in, cause you ain't gonna wanna miss it. You will see another sep section of four of us tearing it up, doing what we do best, debating, having a grand old time. I'm looking forward to it. Mike already told me who he was gonna be fighting for. And I know who I'm going to be fighting for, so it's going to be fun. 
Um, yes, Calissa, we hear you. You know what? You know what time it is. She is already telling me what time it is. Yep. But oh, you know what? Before said, be, be, right before we sign off, I have I'm going to pose one question to TikTok since our TikTok has so been interactive. I was asked this question today, so here it is. I'm not going to answer it on air. We're not going to answer it on air. But what I want to know is, do you guys think Sean O'Malley has next in the UFC? Comment on the TikToks and let us know your thoughts. Interesting. Well, I am the 2023 Father of the Year, Mr. GQ. I am the birthday boy, DJ Micah B. That is Kalissa. You know it. And we are. When I'm in my zone, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm unknown to the world that's full of clones. My originality focused on principalities broken. I'm loaning my heart and soul to the game that's scared to pay it back. Confederate is a motherfucker. The 